0: regret the things you don't do
1: yeah man the burning question of what if mm-hmm. will haunt you forever it's true like what if i would have talked to her what if i would have moved what if i what if i would have gotten that nipple ring
0: <laughs> i did get that nipple ring you did yeah so let me tell you about my nip john's nip so it was gosh i was married in 2006 it was probably around 2002 or three okay I just was like, uh, I want to get a nipple ring. This so bad boy needs metal. I went to, to get a nipple <laughs> ring. and I can't remember. I think it was my, I asked the guy, I was like, which one, <laughs> which one is the straight one? Is that what you asked? Essentially. Yes. Which one is <laughs> a guy like me? So I think it was my, it's <laughs> <laughs> funny.
1: It's funny because he could
0: wh- have totally lied and what? told me the other one. Oh uh, yeah, he could have. It's like getting a tattoo in Japanese or whatever. Yeah, right. You, know, you make sure does that it, says what it's supposed to say. Does this say courage? The guy's like, "Yep. It sure it does. It does say courage." It's actually penis foreskin. <laughs> anyway, so I get I get this nipple ring and and uh I have this nipple ring, right? <laughs> so, and I'm like, "Whatever. It's cool. I I like my nipple ring. It's one of those things nobody knows it's there. <clears throat> whatever." Until yeah. you take your shirt off and then and then we joined Amway, right?
1: Uh-huh. And,
0: uh, the U- URA, your association, DC International. I'll drop names. Um, that's the, the group we were a part in. And, and I'm not ripping on it, so to speak, but there was very much an emphasis on always being professional and like, like you, you, you had to have, you know, clean hair and mm. a shaved face and always being on your game and looking credible and mm-hmm. like look, not look look incredible. Look incredible. Which wow, that's equates funny. Equates to look incredible. Look incredible. Yeah. Look incredible. Anyway, you know. So like. You know if you have tattoos, you want to wear long sleeve shirts, up. you cover up your tattoos, you, you you basically don't want to be your true self. <laughs> yeah. Basically they say fake it till you make it. Be somebody that you're not and then when you get so much money and so much of this, then you can be whatever you want to be. And you know what? And then when you come back and you speak at our conferences, you still can't be who you are. Mm-hmm. You still have to dress up in the nice suit, shave your face, whatever. Um and so I was invited or I qualified to go to some event at, um, the diamond house. And I know his double diamond, you know, father-in-law lived next door. Mm. And I was like, what if they see my nipple ring? I will be a le- I will be less than I'll be like look at that childish person with his body jewelry nipple
1: ring. I mean, how would that come up? In- I'm just thinking like John, welcome to our home. Hey, look up your shirt real quick. Well, like, let me see a your pool. nipples. It
0: was we would we were doing. There was oh, a you pool were in the pool. Day. we were oh, swimming. We were playing like all meeting. kinds of stuff. No, no, Show no it us wasn't a chest, meeting. It was John. like a it was like a a, a picnic, big party <laughs> okay. day or whatever. Um, and I thought like, what if they see my nipple ring? that would be less than professional and I don't want to be seen as less than professional because I want to look the part so mm-hmm. I took it out how stupid is that yeah yeah and I feel like that whole ordeal in that business you know I get it there's a there is a pattern there is a a structure
1: mm-hmm. there
0: is a uh, what's what's my word do this formula, a formula for that success in there. This formula will get you right. The it's best like result. this
1: person looked like this and they, they yielded this result. So mm-hmm. if you go off of our studies, then if you look like this person, you will get this result. Right,
0: right. So like, I get that, uh, you know, it's, and I, yeah, I get, but then it, it I, I feel like that formula wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't who I am. And I tried to, I'm like the square peg trying to fit into this round hole. Mm-hmm. And I saw these other round holes fitting into the round hole. And I'm like, but I'm doing what they're doing. And nobody was like, John, that's because this is not your strength. Right. Your strength is this area. And that's okay. And you know what? And no you can be included in our team with this strength, whether you have two legs or three legs or four legs or all of this stuff. Guess what? You're included in us because you have value with what you bring to the table.
1: Yeah. There
0: wasn't a lot of that. And I promise this isn't going to be all about network marketing, but. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You all these guys from stage are being like, you know, I was that guy, these these triple diamonds on stage are like, you know, I was that guy. I went to this meeting and I'm in the back and I've got my ripped jeans and my 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 t shirt on and I'm like long hair, scruffy, and nobody would have ever thought to contact me because of the way I looked. And here I am, look at me. Mm-hmm. I make fifty million dollars every month, and I'm riding mm-hmm. my helicopters and all this dream lifestyle. <laughs> They're telling that story, and then they're also like that jeans. They're still that way. Jeans are a shirt unless mm-hmm. they're on stage and they're all looking nice. They're not even their true selves on the stage because be your true self then, mm-hmm. you know, and then they're telling you, Hey, when you're out contacting people, go after the sharp, the crispy, the upward mobile professionals. Mm-hmm. But yet all the ones on stage are like, no, I was a dude in the ripped jeans and the t-shirt that nobody wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who the hell do you want us to reach out to then? I like know. It's so confusing. And it just, It's trying to, like I said, all of that was just trying to be somebody I never was supposed to be.
1: It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting putting on like a a mask or putting on like a persona that isn't you. And I mean, I think everybody does that. And I think it takes a lot of time in life to deconstruct who you thought you were and figuring out who you actually are. Like It's like the art of deconstructing. That's probably a book somewhere. Like, I think that's probably what it actually. It actually is, Tim. This one right here. Let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. <laughs> nice. That's exactly it. And that's so hard because, so I, I recently met somebody who was telling me a story of how they dreamed of stories. They dreamed of fairy tales. They dreamed of like these fantastical, you know, fictional worlds and they would just write and write and write and write. I'm talking like notebook after notebook. I'm like, you know, inches thick. And they did that all throughout their youth and childhood. And the one story talked about self-harm and the stepmother saw these things and the stepmother was like, what are you doing wasting your time writing about all this stuff? Like, this is evil. This is wrong. You shouldn't be feeling this way. You shouldn't be writing this. It's a waste of time, blah, blah, blah. The friend of mine comes home to see all of these things thrown away. It's all just pitched. And they're like, okay, so if I am my true self, then I get squandered and I get uh." Like punished and I get shut down and I get silenced. So it's going to hurt a lot less if I just don't do that. And so years go on and years go on and years go on and you're like, why do I feel so dull? Like, why do I feel so empty inside? Man, life kind of sucks. It's like, well, hello. <laughs> like. And John? Because
0: if you're like me, practicing authenticity can feel like a daunting choice. Just pretend I'm Brene Brown right now, <laughs> yeah. reading from her book. There's risk involved in putting your true self out to the world. But I believe there's even more risk in hiding yourself and your gifts from the world. Our unexpressed ideas, our unexpressed opinions and contributions, they just don't go away. They are likely to fester and eat away at our worthiness. I think we should be born with a warning label similar to the ones that come on cigarette packages. Caution. If you trade in your authenticity for safety, you may experience the following anxiety, depression, eating disorders, addiction, rage, blame, resentment, and inexplicable grief. Mm-hmm. Let's see.
1: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm an eight out of eight. I'm an eight out of eight. Yeah. That's about <laughs> what I am, dude. Um, and that, and that's the, so yeah, like when people are so depressed and anxious and stressed in life, and that's what we said this before in the podcast with Jim Carrey, uh, he's quoting someone else when he says this, when you're depressed, he thinks it's because your body needs deep rest from being this persona that it's putting on. It's tired of being this character that we think the world wants us to be. And I do think that if we treat that first, I think we, 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 I'm not saying it would solve all depression. It wouldn't solve all anxiety, but I think it would but solve a lot. What if it did? It could. What if it did? Right. And even if there's an
0: inkling of a possibility of a
1: chance that a, a change in your lifestyle mm-hmm. would help. Why didn't you want to try? You think so? Well, and that's what, that's what I was talking to my friend about. So what like, are you going to lose? What do you got to lose? That's what I was talking to them about. I was like, you know, these people that have these things that they can try that are free. It's not going to hurt them. It's because it's scary. It's like, I've been wearing this mask for 15 years. You want me to take it off and show him? It's like Darth Vader, dude. Like when Darth Vader gets the mask taken off, he's like this old wrinkly ball sack looking man. It's like, that's horrifying to look at. You know, Tim, I'm
0: <laughs> oh, just going to read the book. <laughs> when we choose to be our true to ourselves, the people around us will struggle to make sense of how and why we are changing. Yeah, you know, it's scary. Partners and children might feel fearful and unsure about the changes they're seeing. Friends and family may worry about how our authenticity practice will affect them and our relationships with them. Ah. Some will find inspiration in our new commitment. Others may perceive that we're changing too much, maybe even abandoning them or holding up an uncomfortable mirror. Dude,
1: ah, man, we could we could go on (laughs) for like four days about this. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good because um, that is another big issue. Is so, say all your friends like go out drinking, and you're like, I'm not gonna go out drinking anymore. I guarantee you, all of your friends are going to be like, awesome, cool, like, good for you for getting healthy. We're going to still go get like shit face, so, but like, good for you. No, they're going to be like, oh, come on. What? Like, you can at least come out for like a little bit. You can have like a a, a drink. And it's like, no, I'm, so people, when people see you pulling away from them, they want to reel you back in because it makes them feel better about their choices. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. E.E. Cummings once wrote. (laughs)
0: To be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you everybody or anybody but yourself means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight and never stop fighting. Staying real is one of the most courageous battles that we'll ever fight. Wow. I mean, it's no joke. Brene Brown. Wow. She's not saying anything original here. She's just wording and packaging it in a
1: way that's just like, it's palatable. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. This is so good. No, yeah. It, it's so true. There are people out there who are better at not giving a fuck than others. Yeah. I mean, like, we did a whole episode on that. Right. And I do think at the core of it, that is like a big part. Like I just, I just don't care. If all my friends were like, Tim, like we want you to drink you have to be kind of just like, I don't freaking care. Like I'm not going to do it.
0: I think you can learn. I actually was listening to a podcast yesterday, the fat burning man. Um, he had a guest on and I forget what his guest was named. Andy, Andy Stanwick. maybe, um, hmm. might be it, but he is an ESPN broadcaster, but a long time ago he decided he wasn't going to drink. He was just, he wasn't going to drinks. So He's like, I'm just not going to drink anymore. And he, and he said, what anyway, it's a great podcast episode, um, but he's got you know, it's screw I'm gonna find the name of the episode <laughs> uh, or the name of the guy because it's for that person for that there's a lot of people that decide they they don't want to stop drinking, but he said it's it's all in how you package it yeah to your um you know to your friends if somebody says you want to drink or even the waitress, they call them like these smiling assassins. Right. That show up and ask you if you want to drink. And you're just like, no, they're smiling. They want you to drink. And you're like, no. Um, Yeah. James Swanwick, James Swanwick um, on Fat Burning Man. But look up James Swanwick for that. But he talks about how, you know, it's like, no, thanks. You know, I'd rather I'd rather just have this, you know, sparkling water. Why not? Hey. And then you just kind of joke about it. Like, hey, you watch me. I'm going to get shit faced on a sparkling water. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and they kind of laugh at it and it just kind of dissipates, you know, mm-hmm. cause you, you, it's, it is a thing. Like, and this is something I, I recorded a little something for us to talk about today, but it is that like that uncomfortable mirror mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. The people that will it, like embrace that new you and be inspired by it. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people that almost feel like you're abandoning them. Yeah.
1: And that, that it almost feels like an uncomfortable mirror and it's, it's like they found solace in you because you, cho- you chose the same things they did. So it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, John gets me. Him and I both go out and eat pizza every Friday or something. But John's like, Hey, I'm not doing pizza Fridays anymore. And then immediately, if John chooses not to do pizza Fridays, it's like, Oh, well, does he think he's better than me? Like, Mm -hmm. am I less than John because I still choose to do pizza Fridays? And yeah, it's like an uncomfortable mirror now.
0: Yeah. And I don't think that that's, you know, I mean, this is a whole, this would be good for, to unpack all of this, but like, Mm -hmm. why do some people feel that way? And I think it, it also is, you know, if you, if you have this newfound going back to MLMs, You get into this MLM and they are so good at manipulating you and brainwashing you into thinking like that. This is the best way to do things. This is it. This is the cat's meow. (laughs) And, um, that's what one of the guys always said. Oh, dude, that. the cat's meow. Yeah. Like that. And, and so you do it and you're bought in. You're like, Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. And Mm -hmm. then you go tell all your friends about it and they all say no, (laughs) but you still want to do it. And then that group, that MLM or whatever, are almost painting all of those people that say no in this bad light. Like they don't, they're know not what's your good friends. For them. They're, they're not your friends. They can at least be customers. If they're not going to at least be customers, then they just clearly don't want you to succeed because why wouldn't they be a customer? They're supporting giant or the local grocery store. Why wouldn't they support you? Blah, blah, blah. So there becomes this division there. Mm-hmm. And I'd be lying if I said there isn't still some tension in some relationships I have from that. And it's been almost 10 years removed from it. Yeah. And there's still this, this tension there. So now it's almost like anything that I do to try to, to better myself, to better my life. It's almost looked at like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, John's always trying to do that next thing. Or he's always trying to do that other thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and when you do finally find something that you do believe in that, <laughs> yeah, it's, you'd, you'd, you'd lose, they don't listen. It's just like, it's not anything. Oh, that's just John doing his thing or whatever. Mm hmm. Um, but I, it does, I think ultimately come down in how you present it. If you're, if you're looking, how do I want to say this? I think if you're that person who is trying to find and you're trying to find your authentic self and you're trying to do all of these things and when we can let go of what other people (laughs) think and our own story, we gain access to our worthiness. The feeling that we are enough just as we are and that we are worthy of love and belonging. When we spend a lifetime trying to distance ourselves from the parts of our lives that don't fit with who we think we're supposed to be, we stand outside of our story and hustle for our worthiness by constantly performing, perfecting, pleasing, improving. Mm-hmm. So if you spend your life trying to find that next thing that's going to help you be who you're supposed to be, and when you find something that might be it, it is almost like this is it. I found it, and you want everybody else to know about it and do yeah. the same things. Mm-hmm. And that's going to cause people to be like, "Oh, here we here we go again. Right? At least he's up on his soapbox again. He's up on that high horse, and that's going to create that tension there. Makes sense, you know. So I think you do have to be careful. In that process, that like you're not gonna find it in a thing. Mm-mm. You're not gonna find it in a program. You're not gonna find it in a business. You're not gonna find it in a job. You're not gonna find it in. It's gonna. It's got to. It's gonna sound so corny. It's gotta come from within. Mm-hmm. Who you know you're supposed to be. Right. You know. So uh, you know. But then I wonder too. Like it, it, when you do become that, those people that, and if you do it the right way, those people that do kind of get uncomfortable around you then Mm -hmm. what, what do you do and why might, if you have a friend that is improving their lives and you can see it and you feel a little uncomfortable, why, why, Mm-hmm. What is it about that that makes you uncomfortable? Shouldn't they be allowed to do that? Right. If they're not pressuring you to make any changes, I mean, clearly just, there's you know, something
1: about you that you're uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like that. It's that mirror they're holding up something, and you're look you're looking at them through your own lens, and your lens might be dirty. You know what I mean? And like, what is it about your lens that's dirty? It's a very valid question, um, but I, chances are people can't answer that. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh well, John's just weird. It's like, well, no, John's doing what make, makes him happy. So why are you so uncomfortable by it? Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I, I do not want to get into this deep, but it's like uh gay, gay marriage. People who look at that and they just scoff from afar. It's like, well, what about that? Like, it doesn't affect you. It's, it's not affecting you at all. So why mm-hmm. are you so uncomfortable by this? Like, why is it? Well, you know what I mean? It, so it speaks more on the person who is being affected, who's being. Yeah. And it's not that they're
0: wrong unless it's in the i mean sometimes yeah, it's flat out I'll say gay marriage if you oppose gay marriage you're you're wrong, mm-hmm. I'll go deep on it, you're wrong there, well, actually, that's pretty shallow, um, but that's all you need to go um <laughs> it, it doesn't affect you at all, so listen but you're right, there is a lot of things there, but, but um
1: yeah, but what I'm getting at is like
0: those those feelings you're not a bad person for feeling like in the situation of somebody else improving themselves or trying to make better life decisions that they think is helping their life um you know what what is it that's that's pinging there is it is it i know i should probably yes. do that too and i don't want to and gosh yeah. every time i see that person now is going to remind me of the things that i know i should be doing but i'm not doing mm mm-hmm. mhm there's something there that's holding you back. Then from being comfortable, listen, you don't have to, this other person, you don't have to change to be accepted. Mm-hmm. But just be who you are. Right. But if it bothers you so much that you're not doing things, maybe you need to. Right. Maybe you need to find that courage and be like, hey, I would really like to make these changes too. I'm not, I'm not grasped, It. I always fail. I always struggle. I need help. People, you help me do it.
1: People don't want to feel less than, and people don't want to feel like, yeah, like they're less than someone else. So whenever you see someone else thriving and, and, and succeeding, you know, some people would be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be in the shadows now and I can't have that. Or I wish I could be as open and honest as they are. And so I'm not going to support that because... And I don't them, like, well, why Why do you feel like you'll be in the shadows? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Why? Well, let's talk about parents for who suppress their kids. Like going back to the story that I mentioned, how this friend of mine had all of their belongings and their parents, the belongings thrown out and the, and the stepmother was suppressing her feelings and suppressing, um, all that stuff and telling her, you know, you shouldn't be a certain way. It's like, you know, how does someone come, come back from that? You know, when, when you have years and years of like, wait a minute, like I can, I can be the like, you know, how do you, that's hard, man. I think f- fear is at the root of everything. Mm-hmm. When you
0: talk about, you know, parents, I mean, this isn't any relationship, you know, if a child wants to embark on something,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: like, well, first of all, like my son Josiah wants to be a video game designer.
1: Dude, he could make a killing doing that. He could
0: I like, and I'm like, shoot, like I know nothing about that. Mm-hmm. I guess he should learn coding. Coding would be the way I don't go. even know what coding is. I ah. just know there's a word coding that young people need to learn how to do to be successful in the future. Um, but I don't I don't know. And instead of and I, I've caught myself doing this, I said, well, buddy, there's a big market out there for video games. Like there's a lot of people in that space making video games. There's some heavy hitters. It's going to be really hard. You know, instead of saying that. Great. But then I know that I've got to do additional work to figure out how to lay that foundation for him to even begin to do that. And even if I think that he'll never make it, well, why do I think he'll never make it? Like, why do I, why do I think I let my own opinion get in there? I'm glad that you're saying this stuff because this is, this is good. Right. So instead of putting any of that in there, Mm -hmm. yeah, buddy, let's do it. And you know what? And I'll be there the whole way. And my job as a parent, Is to be there for him when he's successful or be there for him when he's not. Mm -hmm. And know that and, and, and love him 100% regardless. Right. Help him work through those pains of failure or pains of not succeeding. I don't want to say failure, but pains of maybe not getting the results you were looking for, Mm -hmm. but encourage him to do what he feels his authentic self. And this works for couples too. Mm -hmm. If you have a spouse that wants to do something and even if you think it's a bad idea, they're not going to get the results. But if it's of little, Say it's of little financial risk to your family. Say it's of little other risk to your family. You're just worried. Go for it, honey. Go for (laughs) it. Do it. Do it. I'm your cheerleader. I'm there for you. And just be their cheerleader and then be there for them for
1: whatever the outcome is. Right. Celebrate with them or cry with them. And I think my parents set such a good example for me and my brother. Like, you know, I have such high ambitions and I don't think they've ever once been like, I don't know. They've always been like, go do it. That's awesome. And they've been to my shows, and they drove me to shows when I was, you know, under 16. And I've never once heard them say like, well, I don't know. I, do you know how hard? Like, they they know that I know that it's hard. They don't need to tell me that. Like, I know. But I think they set me up to where I feel like anything is possible, and I'm very thankful for that. And i I can't imagine living, I can't imagine living a life where. If, if that was stifled, if someone was just like, no, no, like, I can't imagine what I would feel like. So, these people, and I hear, like, you know, these stories I tell you about, like, with this girl, and, uh, you know, that's gotta be so hard. And, uh, takes a lot of courage because, and, and so, yeah, what I was, what I was talking to her was like, you know, you're such a gifted writer, you should be writing. And they're like, well, it's not just about picking up the pen to paper. Because there is now a chasm between the pen and the paper. And the chasm is all of this emotional damage that happened. And in order to get the pen to the paper, I have to dig through this whole chasm in order to get there. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not as simple as picking it up. And, and I think that's very profound. It's like, you want to lose weight. Okay. Put running shoes on and get outside. This is one example. And someone's like, bullshit. You know, it won't work that way. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. That's why I prefaced it. <laughs> But but that's just an example. What I'm saying is, someone's like, you don't understand. Like it's not that simple. And you could say all day long till the cows come home. It is, but like it's not that simple. Gosh, it's it's hard though. Yeah.
0: I mean, using that scenario, knowing what I know, and I'm not an expert, mm-hmm. but I've read a lot, I've learned a lot, I've studied a lot. And but then when when you do see somebody says, I want to do this, mm-hmm. and you know. Doing it wrong, mm-hmm. and you know that if you do it that way, you might cause some damage. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to not interject that. Like, and mm-hmm. I'm even still learning then to figure out a way to encourage and support and ask the right questions to draw out a conversation, right? As opposed to just uh, being like an authoritative like dictator. yeah. And it's it's hard for me to just stop. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard. And I just, I just want to be like, well, actually, but I, I think, and I might even come to it right now. I was like, Oh, that's fantastic. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a good goal. You know, I mean, what, what made you decide you wanted to lose weight?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Open up the conversation about it. Yes. Uh, instead of just jumping right into. You know, you need to know what I know because I don't want to see you get set back. Like, no, let's open up a conversation mm-hmm. about it. So it was helpful. Yeah. So, well, glad so we did this podcast. It was good for me. <laughs> there, you, there you
1: go. <laughs> but no, like, it's so profound because, like, yeah, I, I told her I was like, you have such profound knowledge, like, just write. And that, and that goes for anything. It's like, you know, well, wh- why can't you just get into a healthy relationship? Why? It's like, you don't understand. I would love to get into a healthy relationship, but in order to do so, I have to dig through. So much shit in order to like everything is an onion. Yeah, there's so many
0: layers, and sometimes the deeper you get, it makes you cry. It's almost people like people don't want to cry. It's
1: almost like you get shot with like a like a BB gun, and it's in like the first layer of skin. And as the years go on, it it, go, it sinks deeper and deeper into your skin before it's like you can't even see it anymore. But the is still in there. It's like a splinter. Well, that's what I'm saying. Super and tiny. And so like, and Causes so like, so much pain. Right. So whenever 15 years go by. It would have been way easier to take that splinter out the first day, but now 15 years later, you have to dig so deep <laughs> and you've lived with the splinter so long that it's like, I could live another year with it. I could. Speaking of splinters, Tim,
0: if I get one and I, I often do, you mm-hmm. know, it's nature. I'm, you know, move stuff around outside. Oh, or I'm sanding some type of woodwork and I get a little splinter. <clears throat> And usually it's just a little splinter sometimes, but then after like a day or two, like you don't even realize you have it. But then w- whatever it is, it's your body's fighting that. That's a foreign object in your skin. So your mm. body's fighting it mm-hmm. and it gets red and inflamed, starts Ooh, to hurt. Yeah. And at that point, it's at that point I realize this has to come out. Mm hmm. And you should see some of the wounds that I create on my body (laughs) getting that splinter out. Literally, I've got a brand-new utility knife blade, and I am digging it out, causing myself more pain than what it was causing currently Mm -hmm. to get it out. Because you know what I know? If I don't get it out, guess what? Mm -hmm. It's just going to keep hurting more and more. And this short-term pain of confronting the splinter, removing the splinter, and healing that wound... Dang. Is going to be better than just leaving it in there. It's long-term. so true. It's so true. Eventually it might take my whole finger off. It could. Gangrene, infection. It could. You know, that's why I always use a new utility knife <laughs> the, instead yeah. of an old one. Okay, sometimes I use an old one to
1: <laughs> sterilize it. <laughs> um but yeah, so I I, th- I think that was really profound whenever she said that cuz I was like you're so right. You're mm-hmm. so right. It's trauma. That's it's what trauma, trauma is, you know. And uh Wow. People think
0: that trauma is like it shows up in lots of different ways. It's not just something soldiers get the PTSD. I think, you know, soldiers are returning from war, people hear that a lot, you know, but it's something that happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, car accidents create trauma. Um, right. abusive relationship creates trauma. Well, I was
1: about to say that. All was, that stuff. I was about to say like, you know, Anything that seems so simple to us, it's like, why don't you come to a church service? Like you literally walk in the building, sit down, just sit for an hour and a half. You don't need to participate. And someone can be like, you don't understand. Like for me to walk into that building, I need to face this crippling fear of something that happened to me in the church 20 years ago. And I'm not ready to face that crippling thing yet. <laughs> so I can't walk in the building. Did I talk about my conversation with the one
0: MLM distributor? On the podcast. Um, I might have, but it's good enough that I kind of want to do it again because it fits the bill. If you
1: t- say it and I'll uh, let you know. So,
0: so there was one distributor that wanted to get into one of my uh, coaching groups. He's like, just let me in. I want to read some stuff you write. And I'm like, I don't want to let you in. I know what you are. You're, you're a distributor of a product. And he's like, he's like, but I don't understand. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell oh, anything. Yes. I'm not going to do anything. I'm like, listen, okay. It trust me. It's not you. I've been in one of these before. And I can't say that I had a very good experience now that I see how it works and all the messages and all of that stuff. And you say you're not going to, you're not going to reach out to people. But yep. listen, I don't trust you. And I'm, and I said, I'm sorry, but I don't. And I know that's not fair to you. And it's I not know, personal. It's not personal. It's just, it's an experience that I had. And, and they and he said, they said, you know what? That's like, and they compared it to anybody that had been like raped to a priest or something like that. Like, <laughs> That like Wow, it's extreme. I, I forget what, how it came up, but they're like, not all churches are the same. Not all Catholics are the same. And they're like, you know, it would be just because you had one bad experience doesn't mean they're all like that. But I'm like, yeah, tell that to the person that was raped by their pastor or their priest. Yeah, right. All churches are now the same. Right. And that
1: created trauma in their life. And I'm like, I couldn't believe they went there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's extreme. I, I mean, I see what they were trying to get at, but that – um. Dude, it's so true. And unless you've, if you haven't experienced, I pray that you haven't experienced something that traumatic, but the more people I meet, the more I realize that people have experienced like some demons on this earth. The kind um, of
0: thing that's keeping them from being their true authentic self because at one point in their life they were being their true yeah, authentic self. Yeah, they were trying self. to be. And somebody shot that down and that created a moment of trauma in their life. Something that just ripped them apart and it's afraid to go back and confront that. Yeah. No matter how silly it might seem to anybody else, mm-hmm. for that person, man,
1: that's that's hard work. That's Dude, tough work
0: to confront that.
1: It's scary. So, yeah, I guess ways to confront it um, – therapy <laughs> go and to therapy. therapy yeah go I mean, there's, there's so much stuff and i think
0: a lot of a lot of times i think what keeps us from being our true authentic selves happens a lot when we were younger Mm-hmm. happens a lot when we were discovering who we are school man school's what our interests vicious. are schools are and it's not like it's your fault and i don't even think the people that kept you from being your true authentic self even realize that's what they were doing mm-hmm you know that that's going to create lifelong things, and it's going to set you up for a whole lifetime of not being able to cry in front of people. For one thing, right? If you were always told to stop crying and 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 uh, that it's it's not okay and there's no reason to cry, well then your whole whole life, well I, I can't show any emotion then, mm-hmm. and I don't want to connect with somebody on that deep of a level because that would make me vulnerable and that's scary because nobody ever. It was never an opportunity for me to do that, mm-hmm. and um, it's just it's sad. It is sad. It's sad. And if that was us, then when you'd begin to have kids, you're starting to see that behavior replicated. I'm like, oh my gosh, because I don't know how to be in this moment with this child who's expressing their emotion, and I don't know how to be there for them. It's easier just to shut it down, right? And to try to rationalize it, make it logical, instead of just being like, wow, no matter how stupid the
1: feeling is or whatever, I'm sorry. That's, that's gotta suck. Like, mm-hmm. I think whatever. what you said earlier about whenever Josiah mentioned he wanted to be a, a, a game designer. And I think whenever someone opens up to you like that, you need to pause before you speak because someone is giving you a window into their soul. Yeah. Like, like whenever John sits me down and he's like, Tim, I got an idea. I like. I make myself open to hear whatever John has to say because I know that he's literally like being vulnerable. I mean, we still need to make the anti-carb video. The yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But that's what I mean. Like, there's ideas that people have, and who knows if they're going to be good or not. Like, I I'm not the the person who decides if it's good or not. So. Why, who am I to shut someone, shoot someone down? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do we
0: do that with a podcast where we have the podcast? We're like, eh, I don't know. That was all right. And then somebody else is like,
1: dude, that would, your best episode one was great. And we're just like, oh, cool. You just, you don't know where things are going to land. No. So. If your son wants to do video game designing, Mm -hmm.
0: sweet, let's figure out how you do it. Even though I vehemently oppose video games and all types of that stuff, (laughs) and I know that kids sitting in, it's it's a detriment to America, it's killing people early, it's causing them inactivity and social problems, and he wants to contribute to that, I would rather have him work for like Hershey's Chocolate Company. (laughs) And it's closer. Because if he does video game design, he's going to have to go to St. Fran.
1: Which, you know what? Freaking video games, man. That's where we're at. He's going to make
0: the best freaking video
1: game. (laughs) Pack up, pack up the van. Kids are going to San Francisco. But no,
0: I, and maybe, maybe we can transition to do a midweek thoughts on some other things that, that, that come up that don't quite fit that I want to talk about.
1: Yeah. Well, is there anything Uh, else we can say about? I mean, there's, there's always going to be something else, but I, I think if, if you find yourself, and you feel stifled or you feel like suppressed in life. And you feel like there's something that you wished you were doing, but you just don't know how, or you don't have the vocabulary, like figuring out, figuring out like why that happened. Like who, like who, who caused this in your life? You know, was it a parent? Was it a, a mean kid in school? And, uh, and just think about their life too. And it kind of takes, like it, it takes the anger away in a bit when you realize that we are all just hurt people, hurting people. And they weren't some like dictator that had authority over your life. So it's empowering to know that. So, John, what do you got? Let's close out with a quote on being authentic. Okay.
0: These ones all suck. <laughs> that was someone being authentic with their authenticity quote, and I just told <laughs> them it sucked. Hey, you weren't lying. Uh, actually, the first one was already a quote we did. They're all Brene Brown. Every single one of them is Brene Brown. Go, Brene. You're awesome. This one I don't like, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Shine with all you have. When someone tries to blow you out, just take their oxygen and burn brighter.
1: Take their oxygen. Off- okay. <laughs> but they're not. This is
0: stupid. <laughs> when someone tries to blow you out, they're not blowing out oxygen.
1: <laughs> mm. yes. Was it a,
0: a hydrogen? Carbon, carbon, carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide. <laughs> Take their carbon dioxide and breathe it in and and die. Yeah,
1: no, I get what they're saying. So that's like that's like using it as fuel. So that would be an example of this. This girl's mother throws stepmother throws her stuff away, and she's like, "I'm going to write ten times harder." Yeah,
0: I see. I don't like that though,
1: like because that that stepmom
0: and my. I was talking to a friend yesterday, and she says I do this all the time. Like, what she did was wrong. It's likely. That she has got a host of issues that were, you know, heaped on her back from somebody else. Right. And, and I don't want to make enemies out of people mm-hmm. because I know they've all got their unique story, too. I want to give people the benefit of them doubt and give them an opportunity to change and grow mm. instead of just making them your fuel for doing better. Because then that always keeps that person as a, uh, well, that's,
1: that's enemy, right. Kind of. That's right. It's like in your face, in your face. It's like, you're not like, you're still holding a grudge with that attitude Yeah, and you shouldn't be holding. Grudge. No. And
0: I think that's one of the things with the, going back to MLMs when they said, use all your nose as fuel.
1: Yeah, it's like, what? Yeah, but
0: I'm not, I don't want to remember the nose. Why don't you use that yes for a fuel? Remember how it felt good when you got that one yes? Go chase that good feeling again. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The nose, they have their reason for saying no. They don't want to be a part of it. They're not your enemy. They're not
1: trying to hold you back. It's like, it's like the guy that gets rejected a lot from girls. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to get super ripped and I'm going to shove it in all those girls' faces when I'm ripped. And then they find out that they are just shallow now and they are never content with anybody because all they chased was like shoving it in people's faces. Yeah, I'll give it the other flip. He goes
0: and he gets ripped and he becomes like this physical specimen and he gets the girl and she's happy with him. But he realized this isn't my true authentic self. Yeah. And he's miserable.
1: Yes. And
0: he's got to now live that lie that he's created for himself like saying this is who I am. And he's stuck there. Mm-hmm. And now, and now he's got this this wife or long term relationship, and he might even now have kids. And he's stuck there mm-hmm. because he wasn't his true self from the very beginning. To get the, and girl. then he's got to begin that process of how do I now that I'm here. And I love these people and I care about these people, but how do I now bring my true self, authentic self,
1: out? Yeah, and you're afraid that like, you know, my wife may not love my true self. Like yeah. she, she may not love she she married someone and like that's my bad, but like, ooh. That's like Chris Pratt. He was always kind of like a huskier dude. And he became this Marvel superstar with abs and Jurassic Park and stuff and buff. But I've heard him say in multiple interviews, like that's he's like that's not who I am. Like I'm the guy who I want to eat a lot. I like actually, I like being a little, you know, mm-hmm. I like not, I like not caring about my figure and stuff. You just has to be that. And so that's an example. Of, like there are people out there who get they think getting ripped and getting in shape, well, like physically looking that, but you know, shredded guy will make them happy. But they actually realize like I kind of like myself with like a little something on yeah. me or. That it has absolutely
0: nothing to do with what you look like.
1: Well, that well, that's what you it know? comes down to. Yeah, yeah.
0: That it's not how you look. It's, it's what do you what are you after? What right. feeling are you after? But, cool.
1: All right. Yeah, man. So, good stuff. Uh, this is good. See you on Thursday for the midweek. Thanks. Later.